Welcome to Since You Asked with Jim Barrier on the Cross Global Media Radio Network. Send Jim your questions about the Bible and Christianity to jim at cgmradio.com. Subscribe to Since You Asked by visiting us online at cgmradio.com slash ask. And now, here's your host, Jim Barrier. Jesus said, If you love me, you will keep my commandments. When I hear people say, No one can keep the commandments, I always ask them, Which one? Which commandment is impossible for you to live by? To make it even simpler, Jesus summed the commandments up in, Love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. Love means to unselfishly do what's best for someone else. Why is that impossible? Why is that so burdensome? Well, 1 John chapter 5 says, This is the love of God, that we keep His commandments, and His commandments are not burdensome. Jesus told a parable. A man had two sons, and he said to the first, Go and work today in the vineyard. But his son replied, I do not want to go. Yet, afterward, he regretted it and went. And the man came to his second son and said the same thing. And he replied, I will, sir. And yet, he did not go. Which of the two did the will of his father? And they said, The first. And Jesus said, I say to you that tax collectors and prostitutes will get into the kingdom of God before you. Being religious doesn't cut it with the Heavenly Father, but obedience does. After Saul disobeyed the Lord, Samuel called him out. Does the Lord have as much delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying his voice? Obedience is better than sacrifice. Disobeying God's instruction is not erased by going to church and paying tithes. We must obey him, not bribe him. When the disciples were preaching the gospel, which Jesus himself had commanded them to do, the council summoned them and commanded them not to speak or teach at all in the name of Jesus. But they answered, Whether it is right in the sight of God to listen to you rather than to God, make your own judgment. Later, Peter said, We must obey God rather than men. So they flogged them and ordered them not to speak in the name of Jesus and released them. So the disciples went on their way from the presence of the council, rejoicing that they were considered worthy to suffer shame for Jesus' name. Everyone was ordered to fall down and worship the golden statue that King Nebuchadnezzar had set up and whoever did not fall down and worship it would be thrown into a fiery furnace. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied to the king Nebuchadnezzar, We don't need to give you an answer concerning this. Our God, whom we serve, is able to rescue us from the furnace of blazing fire, and he will rescue us from your hand, O king. But even if he does not, let it be known to you, O king, that we are not going to serve your gods nor worship the golden statue that you have set up. God had commanded them not to worship any idol. 
So they were thrown into the furnace, but the fire had no effect on their bodies, and the hair of their heads was not singed. Their clothes were not damaged. Not even the smell of fire touched them. Listen to this well-known quote from Isaiah. Come now, let us reason together, says the Lord. Though your sins are as scarlet, they shall become as white as snow. Though they are red like crimson, they shall be like wool. If you are willing and obedient, you will eat the best of the land. But if you refuse and rebel, you will be devoured by the sword. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken. Another famous message is from Jesus. Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do what I say? Everyone who comes to me and hears my words and acts on them is like a man building a house who dug deep and laid a foundation on the rock. And when there was a flood, the river burst against that house, and yet it could not be shaken, because it had been well built. But the one who has heard and has not acted accordingly is like a man who built a house on the ground without a foundation, and the river burst against it, and it immediately collapsed, and the ruin of that house was great. Did you notice that the rock is obedience? Now, disobedience produces three results. Discipline, consequence, and sanction. Today I will cover discipline and consequence. Next week we will delve into sanction and atonement. Discipline is defined as training expected to produce a specific character or pattern of behavior, especially training that produces moral or mental improvement. It comes from the word disciple, which means student. You cannot separate being a disciple from receiving discipline. Proverbs 19 says, Listen to advice and accept discipline, so that you may be wise the rest of your days. Psalm 94, Blessed is the man whom you discipline, Lord, and whom you teach from your law, so that you may grant him relief from the days of adversity. And in Hebrews 12, My son, do not regard lightly the discipline of the Lord, nor faint when he corrects you. For whom the Lord loves, he disciplines, and he disciplines every son whom he accepts. It is for discipline that you endure. God deals with you as sons. For what son is there that his father does not discipline? But if you are without discipline, of which all have become partakers, then you are illegitimate children and not sons. Furthermore, we had earthly fathers to discipline us, and we respected them. Shall we not much more be subject to the Father of spirits and live? For they disciplined us for a short time as best seems to them. But he disciplines us for our own good, so that we may share his holiness. For the moment, discipline seems not to be pleasant but painful. Yet to those who have been trained by it, afterward it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness. You probably know Revelation 3.20. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and will dine with him 
and he with me. But do you know the verse right before that? Those whom I love, I correct and discipline, so be zealous and repent. By the way, that is spoken to the church. He will discipline us when we need it. Next up is consequence. Consequence is defined as something that logically or naturally follows from an action or condition. After Adam and Eve sinned, God said to Eve, I will greatly multiply your pain in childbirth. In pain you shall deliver children. Yet your desire will be for your husband, and he shall rule over you. Now I explained this in detail in my recent podcast, Difficult Sayings in the Old Testament. Then he said to Adam, Because you have listened to the voice of your wife, and have eaten from the tree about which I commanded you, saying, You shall not eat from it, Cursed is the ground because of you. With hard labor you shall eat from it all the days of your life. Both thorns and thistles it shall grow for you. Yet you shall eat the plants of the field, but by the sweat of your face you shall eat bread, until you return to the ground, because from it you were taken. For you are dust, and to dust you shall return. Only that last line refers to punishment. The rest are about consequences. The whole world suffered consequences as a result of Adam's fall. Sometimes others suffer consequences from my sin, and sometimes I suffer consequences from others' sin. Consequences can be negative as well as positive. Deuteronomy 5, you shall walk entirely in the way which the Lord your God has commanded you, so that you may live, and that it may be well for you, and that you may prolong your days in the land which you will possess. Deuteronomy 11, see, I am placing before you today a blessing and a curse. The blessing, if you listen to the commandments of the Lord your God, which I am commanding you today, and the curse if you do not listen to the commandments of the Lord your God, but turn aside from the way which I am commanding you today. Deuteronomy 30. See, I have placed before you today life and happiness and death and adversity, in that I am commanding you today to love the Lord your God, to walk in his ways and to keep his commandments, his statutes, his judgments, so that you may live and become numerous, and that the Lord your God may bless you in the land where you are entering to take possession of it. But if your heart turns away, and you will not obey, but allow yourself to be led astray, and you worship other gods and serve them, I declare to you today that you will certainly perish. You will not prolong your days in the land where you are crossing the Jordan to enter and take possession of it. I call heaven and earth to witness against you today that I have placed before you life and death, the blessing and the curse. So choose life in order that you may live, you and your descendants, by loving the Lord your God, by obeying his voice, and by holding close to him. For this is your life and the length of your days, so that you may live in the land which the Lord swore to give to your fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. 
As David passed the throne to Solomon, he charged him, Do your duty to the Lord your God, to walk in his ways, to keep his statutes, his commandments, his ordinances, and his testimonies, according to what is written in the law of Moses, so that you may succeed in all that you do, and wherever you turn, so that the Lord may fulfill his promise which he spoke regarding me, saying, If your sons are careful about their way to walk before me in truth with all their heart and all their soul, you shall not be deprived of a man to occupy the throne of Israel. Scripture speaks about sowing and reaping. Proverbs 11, A wicked person earns deceptive wages, but the one who sows righteousness gets a true reward. One who is steadfast in righteousness attains life, but one who pursues evil attains his own death. Proverbs 22, One who sows injustice will reap disaster, and the rod of his anger will fail, but one who is generous will be blessed because he gives food to the poor. Hosea 10, Sow for yourselves justice, reap in accordance with mercy. You have plowed wickedness, you have harvested injustice. Galatians 6 echoes this. Do not be deceived, God is not mocked. For whatever a person sows, this he will also reap. The one who sows to his own flesh will reap destruction from the flesh. But the one who sows to the Spirit will reap eternal life from the Spirit. The seeds we sow bear fruit. Galatians goes on. Now the deeds of the flesh are evident, which are sexual immorality, impurity, indecent behavior, idolatry, witchcraft, hostilities, strife, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, envy, drunkenness, carousing, and things of which I warn you, they who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Those are consequences of sowing to the flesh. There are also consequences of sowing to the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, meekness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. Obedience to God produces goodness in our lives. Disobedience produces trouble. When God was about to replace the stone tablets that Moses had smashed because of Israel's disobedience, he said, The Lord God, compassionate and merciful, slow to anger, and abounding in faithfulness and truth, who keeps faithfulness for thousands, who forgives wrongdoing, violation of his law, and sin, yet he will by no means leave the guilty unpunished, inflicting the punishment upon fathers, on the children, and on the grandchildren to the third and fourth generations. In those days, three or four generations would all live under one roof, or tent, as it were. The whole family would suffer consequences of one generation's sins. Families today can suffer because of the sin of one person. An alcoholic or a child molester causes damage to many innocent victims. 
How should we then live? Being a disciple involves discipline. There are consequences to your actions. As you sow, so shall you reap. Next week, I will talk about sanctions and atonement. This is Jim Barrier on Since You Asked. Since You Asked is a production of Jim Barrier and Cross Global Media. Visit us online and subscribe to the show at cgmradio.com slash ask.